Hey guys, this is Ty Bradshaw with the F3 Experience Podcast. I'm really excited about today's episode. I had an opportunity to sit down with former Olympian and great athlete Marion Jones. Uh, we had a great conversation uh, about her childhood, what drove her as an athlete. Uh, we talked a little bit about her kids and how now she's transitioning into training and how she uses the habits of an athlete to stay disciplined in growing a progressive business. Uh, stay tuned and listen in to today's episode. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining me today. Today I have a special guest, uh, a friend of mine uh, and a champion athlete in her own right, Miss Marion Jones. Marion, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you, Ty. All right. Thanks for joining us today. Um, so as I mentioned, I have a little fun fact. Uh, you and I, we're about the same age, uh, and we were in high school at the same time. And okay. my, my best friend used to keep a picture of you from Track and <laughs> Field magazine on in his um, in his. Uh, Locker, yeah. right? So I was a track athlete as well, not as talented, right? But a mm -hmm. track athlete as well. And you became like the person that we tried to model ourselves uh -huh. after uh -huh. in high school. So I never told you that. Oh, and I was like, funny. I'm gonna tell her that when we do this interview. Yeah. Um, and to this day, like when we took a picture, I think last year at Next together, and um, you, his words not mine. He's gonna hate me when I say this because he's he's gonna hear this. He's uh -huh. like, man, tell her I still love her. Oh. <laughs> so. Well, that's, that's funny because normally when people tell me that, Ty, um, it's like folks who are our age, but they're kids. Right, right, right. Like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, it really starts to make me feel like I'm up in age when they start <laughs> saying, I, you know, I wanted to be like you because, um, I don't know, it, it seems that part of my world, my career, my life just seems right. like literally an, another, like another part of me. Right, right, right. right? Like it seems so far ago. An example is I, um, my, my freshman year of college. Mm -hmm. So I attended the University of North Carolina. My freshman year, we won the national title in basketball. And this year, we are celebrating in February the 25th anniversary oh, wow. of us winning, right? And so we've had prior, previous reunions. Right, right, right. But this past weekend, I sat down, I was like, whoa, yeah, <laughs> hold yeah. on. I'm not talking high school. Yeah, yeah, I'm talking yeah. the 25th anniversary of me being in college. Yeah. And that's, you know what? This is my it's 25th year crazy. Uh, from high school. Um, Put some things in perspective. And, but no, it's going to be fun. I, I get a chance to go back to Carolina. I, I make it back uh, two or three times. My mom still lives there, my right, brother right. and his family. Um, but I've found of all of the relationships in my life and in my world, my, my team in college, mm -hmm. right? Like we literally our sisters right, right, right. like the coach is our surrogate mother the other coach is our surrogate father and we pick up like we follow each other we right. keep in contact it's amazing now so is this track and baseball basketball, basketball. Okay. so i was under a basketball scholarship at carolina oh really i dabbled in track right, right, but right, basketball right. had all of my time yeah and because we were so successful in basketball it went deep into march right, right, right. and track season literally starts end of february so by the time i would get into track and of course the track coaches welcomed me of course right, right, right. Um, they were already into almost their conference championships right. so my success in college in track wasn't very high because right, right, right. I had no time to prep. Well it depends on whose standards you're going by. Well, yes. And I'm only speaking to mine. Um, I certainly didn't live up to my collegiate expectations right, right, right. in terms of my goals but um no, we have basketball at North Carolina like it's a really big deal right, so right, right. we go deep into March and yeah, it was an incredible experience. Wow. That's that's funny because that's mm -hmm. news to me. Like I really th because 
right, we followed you from high school yeah. track and field. Right. I always assumed that. That's it's, interesting. It's one of the reasons why, I mean, I could have gone, as you can imagine, any school right, that right, I wanted right. to. I'm from California, so of course, UCLA and Stanford and USC um, wanted me for track. I was a solid basketball player. Right, like, right. I was, um, you know, my, of course, my regional MVP. I was a Gatorade player of the year, that type of stuff. But um, I relied solely for a long time on my athletic ability. Right, right, right. And because that was so far advanced than anybody else, I was able to be really successful in basketball. Right. And so when I was looking for schools, I knew that I wanted to play both sports, but I don't like, I mean, even the limited time that we've kind of known each other, maybe you've picked up the fact that I don't do anything like half. Right, whatever, right, 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 right. Like if I say I'm gonna play basketball, like I'm going to do it. Right, and I'm gonna right, be right. very good at it. If I say I'm gonna run, I'm gonna be very good at it. So I knew that a lot of schools would give me a track scholarship, whatever, right? But I wanted to also play ball. Right, right. So were you more passionate about basketball than track? Mm, it depended on the season. Right, right, right. Um, and so I, I, my mom and I sat down and I said, you know what? I can run anywhere I want to in the country. It doesn't make a difference. But can I play at a top school, get on the court, contribute to help a team win? And that was, so that's why I decided to take a basketball scholarship. Okay. Because I knew anybody would let me run. Right, right, right. But the Connecticut's and the Tennessee's and the UNC's and the UCLA's, would they let me actually like get playing time? Right. Right? So that's why when I started to take visits and I flew out to North Carolina, which is as a California girl, as a California top athlete, that's like sacrilege. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For you to leave the state of the California. Top state, the top track yeah. state, Texas people can argue all they want, but California, <laughs> Florida, and Texas, right? Yeah. That's where it's at. For me, to leave, go across the country to a school that track and field is, it's not, I mean, North Carolina, it's not right, really right, known. Right. And even women's basketball in North Carolina up until that point wasn't known. Of right. course, on the men's side, very successful. So people were like, what are you doing? What are you doing? But I took that visit. I sat down with that coach. Um, I knew I had confidence in my own ability, right. but was a program going to allow me to give, give me an opportunity? Right. That's all I want, right? If you give me a fair shot then I know I was gonna do it. And the coach said, okay, we're gonna do it. But you know what we're gonna do? We're going to make you a point guard. Right. You understand, I'm fairly tall yeah. in general population. Because how tall are you? I'm 5'11". Okay. In the general population, I'm tall, but when it comes to top D1 schools, 5'11", yeah. I mean, that's nothing. So it's <laughs> funny you say that, because I'm 6'5", and people mm -hmm. always say, oh, if I had your height, I'd do right X, Y, Z. And and this has gone back through like high school, right? Mm -hmm. And I was I was a uh, all county, all league, all state high jumper, and I'm like, well, I can jump pretty high, yeah. and I promise you, you wouldn't just dunk on everybody at six five. And like now that I'm grown, I always tell people like Jason Kidd was my height, yeah, and you didn't see him dunk. Like I'm right. not that tall in the basketball, world. right? Yeah, so yeah. same thing with me. Um, she sat down. She says you're going to be our point guard. Well, understand, I, I'm a little old school, and, and coaches see a five eleven girl. Who's the tallest on their team? They're going to put her at center. Mm -hmm. They're going to put her at, uh, you know, a small forward. I was blessed enough. That my mom put me in a program in high school with a coach who was very progressive thinking. Right. Like he knew that when I, if I wanted to play at the next level in college, I was not going to be a center. Right. I'm not posting anybody up. Right, my frame right. is is not going to post right, these right, women right. up. So he started to develop my ball handling even in high school. Mm. So I was the tallest one out there. I was right, starting. Right. Thankfully, by the time I got to Carolina, the transition was a little tough, but 
I kind of got into it. And leadership-wise, that was never a question. And I became a starter second week of practice. We won the title. Um, yeah, so my college experience was mainly athletic experience was made successful by basketball. Wow. I mean, uh, the school is great, but um, and I dabbled in track, but certainly I, I'm not known for my collegiate track prowesses. There was very few of them. Huh. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, maybe that's a, the way that you respond. Maybe that's a little tidbit of info that you didn't realize either. I didn't. Like, that's news to <laughs> uh-huh. me. Um, but tell me a little bit more about your childhood yeah. and, and kind of like when you remember, uh, now that you mentioned basketball, both mm-hmm. racing and playing ball for the first time. All right. So um, I come from a single parent household. Um, I have one older brother. Um, from a very early age, you know, I realized my mom and I that I had just been blessed with uh, an enormous amount of talent mm-hmm. um, to the point where we just chalked it up as like God, right? Mm-hmm. Like when I say I'm not talking about, oh, I'm winning all the school races, like that type of stuff, right? right, right. Like when I speak of these things, Ty, I don't speak of it as, um, hey, 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 it's just what it was. Right, right, um, right. Uh, so, Actually, it was, it's ironic that we're having this because I recently took my kids back to California for the first time. Mm-hmm. Like They had never been. I saw that you guys went right. to San Francisco, right? Um, well, San Francisco, just for them to experience that, but I'm from Southern Cal. Okay. So I, I took them to San Fran, took them to Vegas, and then we finished up the trip by going to where I grew up. Okay. Right? And did you they do a road trip for all that? No, we flew. Oh, okay. I mean, we flew. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was amazing to go back to like the first track that I ran on and for them to finally put uh, uh, a picture with all the stories. Um, My first house, just like little stuff like that. But um, yeah, we knew, my mom and I knew that I was just, something was special, unique. And beyond just like my physical talent, like my drive, Mm -hmm. the fact that at eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, when most kids are, well, first of all, dealing with adolescence, like discipline for me is like never an issue. Right. I was always the one waiting at the door for my mom. Like, mom, I'm not going to be late. There were dances that I was like, Psh, I got practice in the morning. Like, right. I was that kid. Now, where do you think mm-hmm. that came from? Um, I think certainly from like my mom's work ethic. Mm-hmm. Like, she is, is hyper focused, um, and she likes to joke. My mom's from a, a very small third world country mm-hmm. in Central America. My mom is from Belize. Okay. Um, and wasn't certainly given the same type of opportunities, but she jokes, right, that she could beat everybody on her, you know, grade school right, playground, right, right. and if she had given the opportunity. Anyway, anyways, my mom came here, like, literally with nothing, okay. with nothing, and um, just had a, a firm belief that she was going to bring up her kids to be good people, right. um, solid citizens, and do good for others, and... Um, she's just hyper vigilant. She used to work two jobs, and um, my parents um, were married and then divorced at the age of three. My mom remarried, and my stepfather passed away at the age of eight. So once again, my mom was forced to be a single mom again. Um, so certainly, work ethic comes from comes from her. Um, but beyond that, it's just like I wanted greatness. Like beyond. Seeing it on TV, it was a different time. We didn't have internet. Um, you know, if I would see something on TV, on television, on the weekend, CBS Sports, like that was, you know, and 1984, I was nine years old. Maybe you've heard this story. LA I don't Olympics. know. LA. Mm-hmm. And I, um, 
we didn't have enough money for me to go to the games, but my mama got me out there to see the parade. Mm-hmm. And that was back then when they would parade the U.S. athletes through the city of where they would be competing. Right. So that um, the fans could get excited. I remember wa- watch, seeing the parade in that summer, going home and watching it. And that was the first time I was exposed to it and knowing that um, like I wanted it. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't specific to track. I had started dabbling in track, right, right, right. but it wasn't specific to that. It was specific to the euphoria that I watched when these athletes achieved success. Like I wanted that. Right, right, right. And how do you, how do I get that? Right. Tell, tell me how to get that. Just give me the blueprint. <laughs> um, and I can remember my first meet. Let's talk about that. I guess um, I had mentioned that that might be one of them. Uh, um, I was living, my, my stepdad and my mom moved out of L.A. Um, to a small community, it's called Palmdale. Mm-hmm. And back then it had just like a new rural community about an hour outside of L.A. Okay. And um, kind of for a better life, more property, and they signed me up. I think I was six in the first community Saturday track league. I remember I had some ruse, R-O-O-S. I don't know if you remember those Yeah, shoes. yeah, with the zipper on zipper. the pocket. And, and I had those because I always also was a Girl Scout. <laughs> right, right, And my right. mama put my dues in, in, in the that zipper. little pocket. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so I remember running in those in my first race and not understanding, it not being explained to me that just because you win your heat does not mean that you win overall. Right. Okay? So I ran the heck out of my, I think that race I ran 100 and a 400. Mm-hmm. And I won. Yeah. And you thought I it was over. I went up to the stands, <laughs> and they, I'm sitting next to my stepdad, and they started announcing the names of the winners. Or no, 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 no. They told all of us to come down to the field. Cool. I'm going to get my ribbon. Right, right, right. I think I was about seven. And I sat down there, and I think I was third in the 400 overall and fourth in the 100. And I got my little ribbon, and I walked up in tears. Right? Mm. And I gave that ribbon to my stepdad. He explained what happened. And I says, I never want to see that ribbon again, right? Tell me what I need to do to avoid this ever again. And he says, right, in the middle of that 400, when you're blowing people out and you're looking back when you shouldn't be, because you're never supposed to look back in a 400, right? Like when you feel like you're so far ahead and you allow yourself for that millisecond to let down, right? That should never happen, right? When you look back, even though you're not to, and you see that you're 10 meters ahead, your goal then is to be 20 meters ahead when you come off that curve, to be 30 meters ahead. And I don't know, that's maybe one of the first moments that I kind of understood that not just in the world of track, right? But if you're ahead, right, it's, it, it's not enough, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. It's not enough. And I have applied that to so many different aspects and in my mind have gone over that scenario and used that moment at that first meet as like my... I don't know, my personal example in life that like, just because it's enough for everybody, the people in the stands saw that race that I was winning and they're like, oh yeah, she's great, she's good, right? And everybody else have their expectations, right? And going into, this is fast forwarding a lot further, um, going into the 2000 games and me predicting that I would win five golds, maybe flippantly, right? But for me, it's not flippantly, it's just, and I had never known, I didn't know it had never been done before. Right, I said right. it in an interview somewhere in Zurich, Switzerland, and it kind of caught on like wildfire. Right. I'm like, no, 100, 200, okay, long jump. You put me on a relay with three other of the fastest Americans and we're gonna win, right, five goals. Right, right. um, I just realized that what other people's expectations of you shouldn't be what yours are of yeah, yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, and so, I mean, even into this world now that I have transitioned into and uh, group training, um, and I, I'll, I'll look and I'll see Jeff's numbers, predictions for like the region and what every trainer should be. And I'm just like, okay, I mean, I guess that's the, right? That's kind of what they're, but thankfully that's not how I'm wired. Right. Like my, usually my goals, personal goals for the numbers that he'd sent out far exceed those. Right. So even if I have a bad promo, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll still meet those goals. Right, right, so right. like the company <clears throat> will be happy. Yeah. It's um, like never set them based on a minimum expectation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, that I can certainly attribute a lot of my successes in life to just that. Right, right. So kind of going back to that first race and that feeling, mm -hmm. um, like we grew up in a different time period, right? So now when you see, like my, my daughter ran track uh, for two seasons, it just it was not her thing as much mm -hmm. as I wanted it to be. <laughs> but everybody got a ribbon. Yeah. And that, that did something to me. Yeah. Like, I'm like, mm, this is not the way it's supposed to be. And um, I remember one meet, like it was all the way down to like the brown ribbon. I don't, I don't even know what place that is. <laughs> and she got that and just to look at disappointment and I was like, well, did you give your best effort? Mm -hmm. And she's like, no. Yeah. Well, what did you expect? Right? That, you know, you, you get out of it what you put in. And I think that goes yeah, it, with all things. It's, it's, um, it's this level of, um, what's the word that I, I've seen used and that I've used? Like, you just ex start to expect it. Like, these kids, um, entitlement. Right, right, right. It's this idea of entitlement because... Um, I play for the top AAU club in Texas, right. right? Like I should get these clothes. And I was, I've been, I, I communicate, as I mentioned, we're a very close knit group, my team at Carolina, and we all still uh, connect with our coach. We still get advice from her. And every season when the team, the current team, like goes through whatever, right? And I'll, I'll send Coach Hatchell a text and I'll say, we need to, you need to take the names off the back of the jerseys. Mm. You know, tell Nike that for four weeks, they're not going to be in the top Jordans. Uh -huh. They'll be in Nikes and top Nikes. Take them out of Carmichael Auditorium that has internet and yeah, this. Yeah, 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 Put yeah. them in Woolen Gym, right? Which is the recreation gym yeah. next to our, right? There's a different type of hustle Hardcore, with that. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Let them work for that stuff. Yeah. And it's one of the reasons I tell her all the time, and we all tell her, like, that was the drive that, that helped us to win the title. Yeah. We didn't have all this extra. Right, and I'm right, sure the right. current teams in the past 20 years are tired of hearing us talk about, like, we didn't have all this extra. Yeah. Right? But we they were, don't get it. Like, we, you got to live it to really. I know. I get it. Yeah, I understand yeah, yeah, yeah. it. And it's so deeply ingrained in them now. These girls have been uh, being patted on the back. Yeah forever now because yeah. girls basketball now is at a much different level than when I played and up until the age of probably 12 the camps that I went to basketball wise like the girls that they allowed in that we were such the minority mm -hmm. I can never remember going to an all girls elite basketball camp like before the age of 13 hmm. I was in camps with boys right, and it was right, the right. given yeah, when yeah, my yeah. mama dropped me off and had to go to work she's like are you okay with all these little boys I'm okay mom. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Would I? Would they? Would they push me around? Would they scratch me the first five minutes? Would they get in my skin to see, right, if I could hang on this court? Right. And once they realized I could, they yeah, treat yeah, me like yeah. anybody else. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it, when you look back to to high school, really more so college, um, 
other than just sheer talent, because now you're talking about a different talent level altogether, what do you think separated you, like with your habits, um, other than talent, what habits do you think separated you from the rest of the team and maybe the rest mm -hmm. of the teams that you played against? Well, I can certainly attribute um, some of my drive to non-athletic occurrences in my life. So. As I mentioned, my parents were divorced really early. My relationship with my biological father was very um, uh, sketchy. Mm -hmm. um, he wasn't around. I was the type of kid, I, like, I would have been a daddy's girl right, right, if that right. ever was an option. Um, reached out, nothing, nothing, nothing. The loss of a stepfather who absolutely adored me. Right. Um, and I guess, I can attribute it now looking back I can do this certainly I couldn't do this 20 years ago and I was a lot less mature um, but this drive of always wanting to prove to the biological daddy mm -hmm. before he passed he passed in 2001 um, that I was worthy right, right, right? right and when you start when you start putting motivation onto stuff like that like all the other little stuff the newspapers papers the other competitors the, even the money is not enough like to take an exceptional athlete to that level right, right, without right. something different yeah. and for me that's what it was it's funny um, because i think we all want affirmation and mm -hmm. sometimes that the affirmation is from a specific person mm -hmm. right so it doesn't matter if 99 people tell you you're great oh, right. like i'm, I'm searching oh, yeah. for this one person you yeah know? it's amazing i'm gonna give you one example here um so the relationship when I, after my parents divorced and he wasn't around and um, I went to college, no communication with him at all. So my freshman year, we won the title. My sophomore year, we were picked to go to the Sweet 16. Carolina was, was um, uh, our location was UCLA, right? Which is just ironic because mm -hmm. I had I ran as a kid at UCLA. I went to camps at UCLA. Wow. So it was great to be able to go back home. Um, and so we flew out there, and I tried to reach out to the biological day, no response. Okay, I did what I could do. Um, and we're playing Stanford, mm -hmm. and at halftime of the first game of the Sweet 16, we're behind, and I run into the locker room, and like I swear that I saw him, mm -hmm. right? And I'm thinking, wow, well, okay, all right, all right. We wound up winning the game, losing the game. And I came out afterwards thinking that, whoa, like I'll get to see my dad, right? Like, okay, we just lost and I'm upset, but hey, I get to see my dad. And so he wasn't there, I couldn't find him. Um, and it was actually uh, the last time that I saw him because it was confirmed from his common law wife after he passed that he had come to that game. Um, and so for me, it was a little bit of confirmation that my hard work and like was being acknowledged in a way that he was appreciating because he was following me. Right, right, right. right. And I mean, there's a lot of you know, pain and whatever, but to me, although he wasn't able to, for whatever reason, connect with me, share with me, you know, his pride or whatever, the fact that he was there, he, he knew, he found out, he came to support, whether, you know, he was embarrassed to see me. Yeah. Um, scared of my reaction I don't know but you know to me it was kind of like okay you know and it didn't answer a whole lot of questions that I ever had but um, it was kind of like okay well 
So at, at what mm-hmm. point, now my, my father also passed away, mm-hmm. uh, sounds like a year before yours. Okay. Um, at what point did you really um, kind of come to peace with the way the relationship was? Work in progress time, I'm gonna, yeah. be, I'm gonna be honest with you. Um, you know, like what now, are we in 2019? We're going on 18 years or something. Every year is a little bit better. Um, it's taken a lot of dollars of, of uh, professional yeah, 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 help, yeah, yeah. right? And, and um, prayer. Um, but yeah, the older you get, like you start to realize that our parents went through a whole lot of shit. Yeah. Excuse my language, right? Stuff that I could never fathom. Um, my father is from um, New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh, he came out at 14 to LA to make it, right? right? right. Like I've tracked back census records to him and his fa- family. It's just crazy. So, I mean, I could judge based off of what he didn't do for me in my lifetime, but I believe that everybody are dealing with their own demons, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah and, most definitely. Um, my guess is that he didn't have a wonderful example. Mm-hmm of a father in his home. Um, And that can't chalk that up as the albeit because there are a lot of great dads who didn't have that in their their life. But it it is one of those things like, just like you watched your mom as -hmm. a single mom and that drove you a certain way, that those things can drive you one or two ways. You know what I mean? It's it's just an interesting dynamic for sure. And so I I, I struggle, wonder how, why, um, but then I turn around and say, but, but I'm sure I was loved right, right, in right. whatever way he could love. Um, and that's kind of what keeps me going. And the fact that I make sure that I use certain examples, examples, good, bad, to make sure that my kids um, don't experience certain things. Mm-hmm. Right. So if, if anything, like his lack of lack of a presence in my life has been a learning experience to make sure that my kids don't experience right, that. Right, right. And I don't know, you know, if I had two loving parents in the household, I, I, you never know what the traje- trajectory of your life will be right. without certain negative and positive Positives, experiences. Right. And so the older I go, I start to appreciate even the negative crap that has happened in my life because um, it has helped shape the way that I think right. about the relationships in my life, about uh, my career, about what I ultimately want to do for other people in this world. So I don't, I'm not the type that be like, oh my, I had a rough one. I went through some stuff, right? right, right. And woe is me. Um, I, I come back to it always, Ty. Like I really think that God thinks that I'm one bad, bad, bad <laughs> mamma jamma, right. right? Because, you know, he doesn't give us more, more than, than we can handle. handle. So the yeah. stuff that I have had to deal with, wow, you think that much of me, yeah, like yeah, know yeah. that I could get through it right. and that, on the end, and we're not there, we're still dot, 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 but on the end, it's going to all make sense. Yeah. You know, so yeah. that's kind of what drives me, I think. Right. So you, you mentioned uh, your kids. Mm-hmm. So when you look at your kids, um, who is most like you? <laughs> oh, boy. We just talked about this a little a couple okay. weeks ago. but So um, I kind of break it down into, like, different aspects. Um, in terms of the, uh, like, the biggest heart the most caring, uh, one of the most caring people I know, my oldest, right? Monty's my oldest, he's now 15. Um, like he would do anything for a loved one, 
minus his brother and sister right now because he's going through that phase. Um, but he's the other, he's the man in the house. He looks out for his mama. Um, he just, he's just the sweetest kid, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So the challenge, right? <laughs> Athletically, it, ultimately it'll probably be my daughter who's nine, but my middle kid um, right now. Um, the 15 year old is gifted with physically my body, right? In a male body, but he's tall and he's lean, he's strong, he's athletic. He just yet hasn't found that oomph, which for me is the biggest challenge. Yeah. Um, and I, I contribute to probably some of the laziness. I don't know. We, you know, we give our kids everything. Yeah, yeah. They, so going, they don't want for anything. Going into parenthood, mm -hmm. did you always feel like you just want your kids to be tremendous athletes? No, 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 not at all. Not at all. And, and um, I wanted them to find their passion, whatever it right, was. Right. Um, and just naturally by being around me um, and what I expose them to like we watch sports we go to events they see me training people they see me playing they see me doing these things um it just was natural that that's where they kind of gravitated um, to correct but um my middle child in terms of my drive mm -hmm. has it on another level mm. a level that i sometimes sit back and i'm awed by concerned about um <laughs> Because he hasn't yet found that there needs to be balance. Mm. Um, and he's one track with everything, though. With his sports, with his training, with his school. He, he's he's uh, focused when it comes to his relationships. Right, right, right. And his friends and his family. And he's a rule follower. Like, everything is like this. And any ruffle in the feather... Yeah. Don't know how to handle it yet. Yeah. And I know that that is also a process. Um, but I'm like, oh. And my mom says, okay, well, you're looking at a, a glimpse of you a little bit, right? right? But I think as a, as a girl, we mature quicker. Um, and so I didn't deal with that as much. But she says, you're looking at a glimpse of you and you surround him with the right people, the right environment. He will slowly start to shape how to deal with hiccups and bumps in the road. Um, but it's hard to teach that drive. He has it, right. right? To the point where I have to tell him on the weekends, go play a video game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get outside the house, right? Like, um, mom, I gotta get to bed. You know, we got, we got practice at 7 a.m. and I need to make sure that I am rested. He is 11. <laughs> like, yeah. Right, if that puts it in perspective, <clears throat> his grade, same thing. Like he will check the grade book on the computer 30 times a week. To yeah. make sure that that assignment, the teacher, if they miss, they put one point to le like less. Mom, mom, mom. I said, email the teacher, Amir. Right. right? Like, that's that kid. So, is your fear the overfocus or the not being able to handle difficulties as they arise? Um, not the overfocus, uh, not being able to handle the difficulties uh, that are inevitable, right? Yeah. Um, African American, male, um, huge footsteps to fill. Um, Do you think he feels that already? No, they don't. Uh -huh. They don't. Um, my oldest, on the other hand, he is content now. Like, he knows, right, that there are big footsteps to fill. And he's content in reveling in it. Mm. 
relying on it. I have not heard him yet say, you know who my mom is, but I can imagine yeah, yeah, yeah. that he's thrown that out a few times, yeah. right? Um, <laughs> but then, and then we get down to my nine-year-old, my daughter, who is just a wonderful mix of everything. She's focused, she's driven, she is not, she's a leader, she's not a follower, um, she doesn't do clicks, she despises them, she likes her friends, she likes dolls, some days she doesn't, she likes dresses, some days she likes her boots, her sneakers, right now she does gymnastics. Between us and whoever follows your podcast, they'll they'll hear me say it. That won't go on for long. She's gonna be six <laughs> one. Um, I tried to have her dabble in basketball, and she was incredible, but it's just not her thing. So right, I had right, to right. kind of swallow that pill. But um, she likes soccer. She's good student, just just solid, yeah. caring, loving. Um, so she is a yeah. She'll probably be the one that just does amazing, amazing, but. Um, they're all unique. They're all so unique. Um, they challenge me in different ways that I would never have imagined. Um, uh, yeah, they're they're a blessing. Right. Probably my my greatest accomplishment. Cool. Yeah. Um, so and, uh, not to, not to cut you off, we I when I went out to California, um, so my oldest is fifteen, so he's I'm starting to have him look at schools. Right. He's taken the PSAT now for a few years, um, and he wants to go to UCLA. That's his dream. So I took him there on a visit. Also took him to a few other campuses in California because he's a he uh, he likes life good. He yeah. doesn't like the cold, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah. wherever he finds <laughs> up, it's going to have to be a pleasant atmosphere. Right, right, right. <laughs> and I think that's why he's leaning towards Los Angeles. Um, but to to come like full circle and start to walk this process with him is a bit overwhelming it's a bit humbling the fact that I have a kid who is one about to soon start driving two we're looking at colleges mm-hmm. and him like like going out of my grass right yeah. and, of, and of the three right he's the one that I think I, I'm concerned the most about in terms of him being ready to be out by himself and he literally in two years he will be so I got a lot of yeah. work to do but, but a lot can happen with him yes maturity wise yes you know? Holding and it, on to that. It's funny. I was. I don't know that my. I don't know that my grandparents would have ever worried about me leaving, mm-hmm. but sh- but most definitely being so far away from home. Yeah. It did something to me, and it was quick. Like mm-hmm. it didn't take long for me to catch on. Like I don't have that safety okay. net anymore. Um, so let that be kind of a peace of mind that he's going to have to figure it out real quick because yeah. he has to. You know. Yeah. And, you know, but, but still, it's just a different time, right? He there, he still knows that, I mean, we had no Venmo when I was in college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like, he knows. <laughs> um, and, and I also have to get my head around the fact that I have to let him, like, become a man. Mm-hmm. Right? And he has to struggle. And every time he calls or texts or whatever, I can't... Fix it. Can't fix it. Yeah. Right? Um and so that's that's my challenge, right? right. right? That's my challenge. Um, not that I want to do everything for my kids, but I want them not to have to be distracted with the hard stuff that probably is the stuff they need to like to focus on his school, right? This is the way that I think of it, right? Like, okay, and he can focus on his school, and if it's track, let him track. Let me, I'll take care of all the other little stuff. But really, I need him to take care of all that all little stuff, stuff and focus on the school right. stuff. Like, right. So, working on it, praying on it. So kind of transitioning into mm-hmm. life now. Um, yeah. So you're training now. So how mm-hmm. did one? How did you get into that? 
And two, what do you think athletics taught you about building this business? Okay, so, you know, I've been doing personal training for over a decade, like on and off. Um, I'm a perfectionist. Um, I decided ne not to go into the world of coaching track simply because my expectations are like so high. One, I'm naturally gifted. Two, I research, I learn, but there's some certain things when it comes to the sport and sprinting, right? And we could talk about improving the, um, the speed of our athletes and stuff, but like on a professional level, like you got it or you don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's certain stuff like I could teach, I could teach folks certain angles, chin, head, here, yeah. like velocity coming out of the blocks, all that. But when it comes down to it, like do you have heart mm -hmm. and do you have naturally born given, right? So, so I never felt comfortable taking people's money, right, for me to get have their kids get faster when their kid just naturally like this is not their thing. They don't have yeah. any fast twitch fibers. Like I can't give them that. <laughs> she said they don't have any. <laughs> like I can't give them that, and I know they want to be in the events that gives the most oohs and ahs in the meet. Everybody right, wants right. to be. No, oh, okay. The milers, yeah, you ain't getting no oohs or ahs for right, right, right. like ten thousand. Into like that minutes. last lap when you might, you know, you yes, go. Yeah. But um, so I, I I knew that I never wanted to get into into coaching track. Um, I love the sport of basketball. And I think for me, becoming successful, getting through college, playing in the WNBA, like I had to work for that. Mm -hmm. My natural born athletic talent only got me so, so far, far with that, right. right? Like I wasn't handed a contract in the WNBA just because you're fast and because you're famous, right? right? right. Like I made a team, Coach Nolan Richardson, like he put me through it to make that team and stuff. And so I think, I thought for a while there that I wanted to transition into basketball. Um, and then life, mm -hmm. right? And you start to have kids and I realized, well, like my kids, I got to a point where I started to say, I played, I played one season when my boys were young for a lot of reasons, and if we have time I'll mention it, but um, after that season, my priorities in terms of professional sport and wanted to succeed in that arena had uh, started to disappear. Did it right? Was it like a almost immediate shift with that or? Immediate shift meaning <clears throat> over a year. Okay. Over a year. Um, and I wasn't able to like be there for my kids and at the end of the school year and I'm thinking wow Monty's only going to be in first grade one year. Yeah. My, my other kids only going to be in right so you know what I had a good run yeah. Hell of a run. Because how many years did you play in the WNBA? Two. Okay. Two. Um, but so I said, you know what? Okay, time to transition. And uh, I started to think, all right, well, what can I do, right, in my my world, right, my community where my kids live? I wanted to be present. So I'm doing the motivational speaking. I was traveling around the world. That was that was good. But what was I facing then? Still being away from my kids, mm -hmm. right? It's one of the reasons I settled in Texas because it's central. Right, right, right. So when I was living in North Carolina, if I had a gig in California, shit, it's six hours one way, six hours way other way. Right, right, right. So let me stay central so when I'm traveling, it's only whatever. Um, and that's paying the bills really good. And I still was like, this is this ain't cool, right? Like, 
Like my, I always wanted to be a mom, and I wanted to be, you know me, I'm driven. I wanted to be the best I can, yeah, and yeah, this yeah. is not being the best I can. Okay. It can. Some women are great at it, and they can do it. It wasn't for me, being away from them for long periods of time. Um, and so my passion, one, is is has always been to help people. Right. Um, my other passion was sport, was fitness, was physical activity, and had dabbled in the one-on-one -on -one personal training, and it was fulfilling, but not on the level that I needed it to like yeah. feed me. Not feed me food, but feed yeah. my soul. And I was helping people, and I was seeing one 60-year-old Caucasian man like getting fitter and going to his attorney, like law firm. Oh, really, what, how is that impacting my, yeah. my world? You know, it's, it's impacting my checking account, but not really doing anything. And so, um, you know, I was here in the Austin area and I was like, okay, well, what married, what married? I was doing basketball camps, love that, with like young people, big camps here in Austin, but um, I'm not really good when it comes to, like, I just wanna help, like, that's my passion. I wanna help people. If you can't pay, you can't pay. You still come to my camp. Right, right, right. So I was having camps here, basketball camps for ages 18 and under every summer, two different camps a week long. Um, I'd have 150 kids and I'd have 30 of them paying mm. because folks would come to me right. and they know that I have a <clears throat> soft heart, right? They know they have a friend of a friend who knows me, knows that I'm a, right, some people, right. my friends, some of my friends will call me a sucker, yeah. right? When it comes to, you come in and say, it's a rough time. You're a single mom. Oh my gosh. You know, I have a soft heart for that. Right. You're a single mom. You're struggling. You want your 11 year old daughter to get some instruction. Cool. Just bring her. Yeah. Right. Um, and I was like, okay, well, I love it. It's still passionate, but like, I still have like, bills to pay. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, okay. So let's start to pray about it. Think about it more. And I was running about five years ago. I was my passion started to shift from well, basketball to like running, like distance running. Distance for me is 5K. That's not <laughs> um, but I was, I was hitting up different races, even some, I'll be honest, like anonymously, because if you can imagine me registering for a race right. and the, the race director sees Marion Jones, right? So there was some races like, I was grateful for some of them super early where it's still dark, where I can do my hat, right? right? right. So nobody's doing so. So what, what was your anonymous name? Um, I would put just like M Jones or Marie Jones or whatever. <laughs> um, but I would see these races and I would see Camp Gladiator right. at some of them. And I would just see it and kind of go on about my business because as I mentioned, I was in the race and out. As soon as the race was done, I was in my car. Um, and then I started to have some friends talk about, oh, I've heard about it, I'm gonna go try it, da da da. I sat, I remember, maybe three years ago, and I had run over at Old Settlers Park. I don't know if you know where that is. It's in Round Rock. It's a big park right behind Dell Diamond. Okay. It's a big park. Well, yeah. And I would drop my kids off. They go to school in Georgetown. And after dropping them off, I would hit that up for my training that morning. And I was leaving the park. And right by Salt Lick, uh -huh. there's a Salt Lick yep, right, there, right there. There is a camp there at about 8, I don't know if it's changed, 8.30 a.m. in the morning. And I sat there in my car. And I watched the workout. Right. It was about 12, 13 people. I don't know whoever was the trainer there. And I thought, okay, this concept is interesting, right? Um, so I did a little research, da-da-da-da, you know, you know, base, you have the arena, 
And I reached out to, I, I don't know, I think it was Ali's assistant. Like, I don't, I don't even know. I go straight to the top. Right, 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 <laughs> like, right. And um, I met, and I met, I was talked on the phone. They then put me in contact with Casey. Right, so I, I joke with Casey all the time, right? Like, okay, you're the finder, but yeah, can I get that income? So, <laughs> so it's funny because we were, I was actually in Houston with Casey uh -huh. maybe the week before you guys were scheduled to meet. We were mm -hmm. doing a TT in Houston, okay. and I was like, man, what I wouldn't do to have that find. <laughs> um, and so I shared with her, I said, um, like, I just have a passion to help people, but on the accounting end, I'll be honest, like, that's not my thing, right? right, right. Right? And so I need somebody to be the bad guy for me. Yeah. Like, I just want to impact people's lives. I just want to help people. Um, and I am passionate about the product that I give. Right? All right. Um, and I want to be a presence in the community that I raise my kids. Mm -hmm. Like, I want to help the teachers that impact my kids who are, my kids are with them almost more than they're with me every day. Right. How can I impact them? Right. Um, so that they could be better teachers, better parents of the kids that my kids associate with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So there's a little selfish something going on in there, but right. kind of in a good way. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so this, I, I, I am my own, I'm older, I'm like these young trainers, right? Like I need my own thing, Yeah. right? I don't got time to work for anybody, right? Like you tell me, Ty, you tell me if I work hard, on that end, I can see the rewards. Oh yeah, and, and there's a proven method, and there are other examples of this happening. Cool, show right, me where it is. Right. So once again, it goes back to like the beginning. My yeah. stepdad, you tell me the process to get there, right? And there's no looking back. Yeah. Right. So people say, well, what's the the way of success? There's a proven method. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And if you really want to hit success, you see the success right, but then you do a little bit more. Right? Yeah, you could stay on Jeff's pass or Amy's pack, you know, right. Carol Martin, this is how the, okay, yeah, that's definitely going to be the base. Everybody yeah. should be doing that. But do you, are you okay with that? Yeah. You okay with just being like, um, and so that's how it kind of came to be. I could pick my own times, my own locations, and from there, I mean, there are some things that you have to follow, but beyond that, it's, it's my own thing. Right. I got this. Yeah, you know, I remember um, when I came down, I don't know, maybe a year ago, and I came to your workout. Mm -hmm. It was, and I've been doing this a long time, and it was just impressive because, like, you were their coach, mm -hmm. right? So when you talk about building that community, like, there was no doubt, like, like this is Coach Jones, right? It was, yeah. it was more than just the whole trainer thing. Like, you, yeah. you could see um, kind of that relationship, you know, being there. I, I think also they get that out of me Ty but I think for most of them that is I mean that's the bonus right, right, right. right they see me as like somebody who like really really cares yeah 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 and that's important like about yeah. them but like you uh, mentioned with your um, with your teammates and even your coach mm -hmm. the reason that bond is still there because everybody yeah. cared oh yeah 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 um, and so it has been a wonderful ride um, but like anything, you search for more, not more campers, right? Like I'm okay with the amount of campers I have. <laughs> um, but you search for more, more impactful ways, right? To, to help people. And so now this transition now into leadership, and I think I had even mentioned to you however many months ago that mm -hmm. I was starting to play with the idea. My concern was that 
I never want to get to a point where now I'm taken away from what I initially wanted, which was to be a presence right, in my kid's right. life and um, talking to people that hey, I could balance it. I could balance it and I could still impact even more people. Cool. Show me, show me the process now. Right. right? So right. that's kind of where I'm at. I'm at a good place now. I didn't want to jump into it. Like Casey, of course, early on had said, hey, start talking yeah, about yeah, leadership. Yeah. I said, Casey, I'm not there yet. Right. I'm not there. Let, let me achieve my my goal, right? Right. With the bowl count, with that establishing balance, right, with the kids and camp and relationships with all these people and what it looks like. And once I get to that point, all right, and I'm comfortable with that, what's next? Right, right, right. What's the next challenge? Um, and so that's where I'm at presently with all that. Um, it has been balanced and even just for like self-care, maintaining like my workouts and stuff and having to set a new goal this year. Like I am going to be CG Games champ. Like mm -hmm. I know it. Are you going individual? Yes. All right. I've tried to do the team thing. It's hard for me. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Team, <laughs> right? So like I've had success on a team. Shoot, I won a national championship. But I also thrive on that time of the year when it was the time to transition the track. You said like, but right, I love right, those right. sports because... Once I'm fed up with my team's nonsense, it's all me. Right. And then when I get tired of that, I go back to the team, right? right. And so um, even, I mean, I'll be honest, even learning again to work with a team and my team right. in the beginning was a challenge for me. Right. Right. Because, okay, one, this is my business. This is mine. Right. I mean, how does this work? Right. Like. My campers are not affected. AJ's campers way on the other side right, of the tracks, right, right. right? But how, how? And then it started to start to gel, right? Um, and I started to get this idea of team and team and team. But um, same thing with CG Games, right? Like, I know you're over there and you ain't training. <laughs> okay? Right, you're not doing extra reps. <laughs> I'm doing my thing. Right, right, right. right? So, um, no. Yeah. I ain't doing it. So it, it was funny um, because I actually had a team that had placed second. Okay. And uh, when they saw you had a team, they got a little nervous, right? <laughs> but I'm like, I don't, I don't know who she picked on her team. Yeah. It could have just been, you know, for the joy of it all. Um, so just, just two more questions. No, you know, I don't do stuff just for the joy of it all. Okay? <laughs> Come on now. Just two more questions. Okay. One, um, as an as a high level athlete, like you, you mentioned, the mentality, like you just said, I'm going to win CG games. That is a mentality that you. Mm -hmm. kind of go into it with just like going into any um, any race, any basketball game. As you're now dealing with um, everyday people, right, people that work nine to five, yeah. everybody wrestles with different things mentally. How are you um, kind of able to coach your campers on kind of improving their mindset to perform better uh -huh. at your camp? Um, well, I think I use how like I deal with the day-to-day -day mundane tasks of reaching my goals, right? So I do, I, I'm a believer in the short-term goals, mid-term goals, and long-term goals. Like, I, I don't know who taught me this early on, my bathroom mirror, I have my short-term, which is within two months, what I wanted to see in two months, and within, I don't know, a year, within five, right? And different aspects of my life, spiritually, you know, relationships, career. Um, and I tr I'm very specific about them. I'm very um, like detail oriented about it, and that's I think the way that I approach my campers. Right. right? Like, you want me to help you achieve your goals. Well, have you mapped them out? 
Like, have you written them down? Have you shared them with the people who are going to ask you about them? Or have you just kept it in here? So that on the days that you don't feel like coming to camp, nobody's going to know. So they're not going to text you or call you or reach out to you to ask. And on days like that, you don't want anybody to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? But if you have shared with everybody around you, then it gets a little more difficult. Because right. then you don't want to sound like the loser. Right, right, right. I didn't want to go to camp. You're not going to say that. Right. You're going to go to camp so that when they text you, you could be real with them. Right. Um, and so that's how I approach it, goal setting with them. I tell them about my mirror thing that has worked for me. Hey, if you want to use it, great. Like, I am your living example. Right, right? Like, right. What else do you want? Okay. Maybe it's like my kids, though. My kids look at me and they're like, you're just mom. Right, right, right. Like, I have to pay... <laughs> pause in a second. I have to pay. You can edit this one. Some sixty-six-year-old <laughs> white male who has never played past high school right. on how to teach my eleven-year-old how to shoot, right? right? right, right. Because they won't listen to me. Um, but I tell my campers, I've, I've I've lived it, right? I've achieved some success. This is how I've done it. There are a lot of methods, but hey, I'm right in front of you. So right. short-term, mid-term, long-term goals, um, accountability. Like I have four or five people. Um, not necessarily my best friends, the people that are going to stay on my, mm, right? right, right? right. Um, and that I have already reached out to in terms of my CG Games goal right. and, and this type of stuff. That when days get tough, and they, they do, people yeah. think that, like, I'm Marion Jones, like, there's never a day that I don't want to work out. Right. There's never a day. Please. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, there are those days, and those are the days, right, where I'm going to reach out to you, and I need you to tell me, right? to get my gear and go out in that garage or put my shoes on and go out there and run. Um, And that's just what I share with my campers. And you've seen me, you've seen me speak to my campers. You've seen me speak, like I have a way that I'm I'm blessed with a certain ability to communicate with people. And I joke about it, that the University of North Carolina never taught me as great a university as it is. This is really a blessing from God, this ability to communicate with people where they feel like, like we've been friends forever. Right. But I think it's a natural thing when you're doing anything that you're passionate about. I agree. Like I it, agree. it probably wouldn't come across the same way if you yeah. were selling like IT equipment. <laughs> okay. Right? You're right. You're right. <laughs> it but, may be a little different. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But I think that helps. Yeah. That helps. It's helped with my business. Like people will initially come to camp. I get it. People are like, so I even heard through the grapevine some trainers say, oh, you know, she has 200 bowl because she's Marion Jones. Right, right, right. Okay, no. Right? I might have. Um, during birthday camp, 60, 70 new people, and half of them will come because right, it's Mary right. Jones. But these people are not signing a two-year contract right, to come right, out right. to my camp at 4.45 a.m. Yeah. That wears off very yeah. I was about to say, soon. at a certain point, it does wear off. Like, Correct. there's the initial, oh, it's yeah. like, I heard a... Um, <laughs> forgot what I was reading, but he tells a story of how he went and bought like this fancy Corvette with all the bells and whistles. <laughs> and the first week he got it, all his friends were like, oh my God, this car is amazing. And every time they look at it, they're making comments. He's like, by the time I made the first car payment, they were just getting in the car and closing the door. Yeah. Right? Like all, it had worn yeah. off, you yeah. know what I mean? So it's, it's not about that. It's about, it's my ability to connect with people. I deliver quality products. Um, I follow up. I follow through. I am deliberate with my connections. Like I ain't flippantly on a Tuesday. I, like it's deliberate. Right, like, right, there's right. a process for me, and it, I mean, I'm pretty disciplined. That right. helps too. Um, but no, like okay, Mary Jones. I know you're gonna come to my camp. You're gonna get your selfie cool, right? right, right. You'll you'll post on your on your Facebook. Look who I worked out with. Right, right, cool. Right. That will last for maybe maybe two weeks. Right. 
Cause, and then, they need that accountability where six months later, hey, are you still yeah. working out with Marion Jones? Yep. Oh. Right. No. <laughs> right. Right. And they're not going to hear, oh, it's just because she's not a good trainer. No, they're not going to hear that. Right. So, hey, um, the process, it has been good so far. Right. And the fact that I don't feel like um, like there's no room for growth in what I'm doing right now. Mm -hmm. Like, that's a big deal for me. Right. Um, like, I am constantly wanting to gain more knowledge. Like, tell me, tell me how to be better. Tell me what I need. Like, I know the industry is shifting and it's changing and there's new techniques and there's not the old school. And I don't want to get caught in this box. And I'm working with a company who's progressive thinking and they're giving opportunities um, to grow and get bigger and think more. So right. I'm, in a, I'm in a good place. In a so good place. last question. Mm -hmm. um, in this field, we give a lot to other people, right? Uh, how do you go about pouring back into yourself? To myself, yeah, your biggest challenge, yeah. Um, <clears throat> um, every you know, every year, this time of year, right? I always say, All right, Marion, like you do so much for everybody, everybody, everybody. Like, um, I have a calendar, and the red is, is personal stuff for Marion, like things that bring me joy, mm -hmm. right? And everything else is the blue to kids green CG, right? <laughs> Don't ask about green. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. where your money's coming from. Now yeah. we'll go with that. Um, but my red is so small in my calendar, right? Mm. Um, and my pastor talks about this sometimes. Like, you could only give so much before, um, like, you start shrinking because you're not feeding yeah, it to yeah, yourself. Yeah. And you may, I've said this in presentations, mm -hmm. like an empty vessel can't pour into right. other people. And so, um, like, <laughs> right now it's easy for you to ask me that, right? Because I'm ultra focused. I'm focusing on me. Like, every night I'm getting in my reading time. Mm -hmm. I'm getting in my workout time every day. So I'm feeling like, yes, like I can take on the world. What I need for you to do is ask me in June. Right, right, right. Right? Like, I have it written. Right, like I need to do this. My Marion's personal reading time right, at right. nine to nine thirty, whatever it is, um, because that's what gives. I, I do. It's, it's, it's what fuels me that I can get up at three a.m. in the morning, right, and go out and on days that I don't even feel like I can really motivate myself, have to motivate sixty people yeah, yeah, yeah. and paint that on. It gets it gets to be a lot, but um, yeah, I'm determined. Right. I'm determined. To well, I will. I will check on you on that. <laughs> yes, in, in please June. do. To so ask me, ask me, Marion, on the page on your calendar for this month, how much red do you have? Right, right, That's right. what I need you to do. Okay. All right. All right. Well, thanks but, again for your time. Uh, it was wonderful time. getting to learn more yeah. about you. So cool. I appreciate it. All righty. Well, that's it for today. Talk Yay. to you guys later.